You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Uh, good to see you again, uh, Delatory. I seen you uh, Friday at the game. Yes, sir. Good vibes outside the rain. Mm. Uh, how you was feeling, man? Same corner, same time. Feeling a little bit heavier than I did before Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Um, feeling a little bit defeated. I uh, was confident about going, this, or going into this game, but uh, that's okay. Um, but otherwise, vibes are... Vibes are good. No doubt. Nick, Nick how, how you feeling? Feeling, feeling good. Um, just about to publish our story live here on the podcast um, for Avery Helm. Um, good vibes. Saturday Silk. Friday. Friday. Jeez. Um, had to I stop kept, myself. I kept doing from, it all weekend since Saturday. Yeah. Even on Friday, I was saying Saturday. Had to stop myself from buying some shoes at the tailgate. Price tag was looking good. Uh, Sneakerhead just didn't need to walk or walk into the press box with a box of shoes, though. <laughs> didn't yeah. need to do that. Um, I was I was feeling good at halftime as the only member of Gators Online that picked Florida. I was feeling good. Um, just didn't didn't work out. But good weekend. Had the family. Should have won. We should have won that game. Won. But uh, we should have won a lot of games this fall that we did. Yeah. Well. You know, could go either way. Um, but had a good week with family. Um, had a good week with um, birthday fiance. Too, right? Birthday was Friday um, at the game. Turned 34. It's my Shaq year. Shaq Herschel year. Walker season. Don't call him, baby. My Herschel Walker season. My Shaq year. Or Sorry, not, not Herschel Walker. Let's go with. Uh, oh, Jackson, man. Sweetness. Sweetness. Mm-hmm. Oh, you going to go walk? You going to walk? Go, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Go with, uh, yeah, Walter Payton. I said Walt. I was, I, I was starting thinking Frazier when you said Walt, big Walt. No, no, no. Walter Payton um, is my is in my top three running backs all the time, bro. Yeah, it's my sweetness here. Mm. Uh, start started it off with the flu, so uh, not sweet. Mm. Can only uh, go up from look, here. I'm looking up other famous thirty fours. Um, Ricky Williams, your Ricky Williams year it could be your third yeah, get, Thomas year. She's big because she's big. Might as well. Yeah, yeah, might as well. Um, let's see. You can do your. Wayne Embry year. No, thank you. Your Hakeem Olajuwon year. Ah. Your Charles Barkley or Paul Pierce year. There's a caption in that one about Dream. The Dream. Mm. Olajuwon. There's an IG caption in there somewhere, uh, Dan. There is. There is. Hmm. Nick's uh, – we'll have to to work on something. But Nick, as somebody that is currently finishing up their – let's see their – Bro, shout out to Ben Isaiah, Chase. Probably. Their Isaiah Ryder year, also yeah. in my 34th year. Um, Dan, you're, 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 going, you're going really nothing downhill but with these names. <laughs> well, I looked up famous 34s, and that was the first one that came up when I looked it up here. So Dan's like, um, Pee Wee Herman was once could, photographed in yeah, a Shaq jersey. It could, it could be, be my Giannis year. No, thank you. <laughs> How about my Giannis year? I like shout out, to, shout out to the I'm, – I'm checking out our, uh, our, tw- our Twitter, our YouTube comments, Ben Chase. 
somewhere on the interstate, <laughs> an interstate near or yeah, far from you, Ben Chase. Today, ain't lie. Ne- next game will be the official record. Uh, don't be cowards, Guinness. Acknowledge our man. Acknowledge him. Give him give him all the credit he deserves. Put him in the record books. I saw that uh, we haven't really c- caught up with Ben in a while, uh, but since he was last on the show, he stayed at Jim McElwain's house at Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the sideline of the Iowa game. I feel like he's now on the sideline or in the the president's box. He's he he's no longer just with the Commoners. He's he's a he's a real uh, Ben is as, as American as, as apple pie at this point, man. He's just like as, as as apple pie football and baseball is to America. So is Ben Chase at this point, bro. I'm telling you, if three year Letterman, favorite. if three year Letterman looks up to you, you've you've got the internet by storm, Ben. Mm, so legend, he says man. that he's. At a Panera Bread, just north of Atlanta, right now. Nice. So, follow follow Ben G Chase. I think it's the same name on on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow it, guys. Living everybody's dream. So, um, boys, let's get into the show. Uh, as always, we do want to give a shout out uh, to our friend Alan Horn with Alan Horn Insurance State. Farm. He is based in Jasper, Georgia. But if you're in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, give him a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at Alan Horn. That's A-L-A-N-H-O-R-N-E insurance.com. Any type of insurance that you could possibly want or need, give him a call and he will give you a quote. Remember, quotes are free. Um, And always shop around your insurance. This is a great time of year to do it. Uh, it's almost Christmas time. It's also the new year, maybe cutting down on some expenses, things of that nature. Maybe Alan can help you give him a call. A quote is free. 706-692-2888. Uh, gentlemen, we had a barn burner in Tallahassee. Gators, unfortunately, go into halftime. A classic. A classic. classic game. Yeah, no, it was a classic. fantastic game. Uh, sure. Gators do lose 45-38 to 38, uh, in a game that, uh, was very exciting to watch the pendulum swing in both directions uh, throughout the game. Probably one of the most exciting football games offensively uh, that you could have imagined uh, in this game. But uh, Silk Nick, before we dive into the show, uh, what were your what were your thoughts? Ah uh, man, um, a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the way we ran the ball first half. Uh, I like the way we played. The game first half defense. There, I knew they was gonna be able to get points on us, right? And we wasn't gonna stop uh, those guys from scoring. Um, but they provided some turnovers and some 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 stops in the second half that I thought gave us opportunity, possibly win the game. Uh, I think what lost us the game, and I know there's a lot of things that happen. There's no mm-hmm. one particular thing, but I think the, the the approach to the second half is what lost us the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went into halftime, and I kept saying this. I'm in I'm in Tallahassee in a bar because I didn't go inside the stadium. I'm the loudest guy in there, Dan. Mm. I don't I believe a, it. I'm causing the ruckus, man. All you see is all this ugly maroon and gold stuff everywhere. And I'm, I'm making it known what time it is, man. A lot of gunshots. Every time AR score, it was getting ridiculous in there. But uh, I, I kept saying, I just want to be up at half. 51 comes back. Uh, and, and and nobody foreseen us being up at half in mm-hmm. this game. So uh, going up three points, getting the ball back. I felt real good about the way we ended the first half, running down their throat. I thought we should have came back with that same energy. Uh, being in, you're on the road, you're down a lot of receivers, you're not the healthiest team, you're playing with house money. 
yo, let's go in and do what's been working for us all season, and that's the run game. Florida State had no answer for the run game. Uh, we came out and went past happy. Uh, it threw off our momentum. That crowd got back into the game. They got some momentum back. And uh, we were just, you know, we got back. We got down 14 and got back, tied it back up. But I thought we had an opportunity to go up double scores and, and just to keep running the ball and do what we wanted to do a little bit. And we just got a little cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah, the no. overall synopsis of the game. We made way too many penalties. Uh, just you, we just you just can't make those type of that many penalties on the road and survive in a rivalry game. Yeah, no. Um, getting the ball back right after uh, the start of the second half, uh, being up twenty four twenty one. You almost think, you know, not that it would have been a kill shot, but being able to be up ten. Uh, but but going out and I think Anthony Richardson started off five of six. Uh, then. You know, some fault of his, some fault of, of receivers, and, and some fault of the defense. I think uh, the next nine passes go incomplete. Uh, Florida absolutely moves away from the run to start the second half. I don't think that they had a single uh, designed run in the first two drives. They go three and out in both. Um, it, it just it didn't make a lot of sense to me. It was working. They were consistent. Uh, you know, the Gators averaged. Let me just see uh, where it is here. Sorry. Um 5.84 yards per carry, 263 yards on the ground. But for some reason, they moved away uh, from the run to start the second half. Uh, you were able to gash them. I'm not sure if they thought that they could get the ball moving through the air and, and keep uh, FSU on their toes, maybe take somebody out of the box, whatever it might have been. Uh, but you go into that game, you know, as a big underdog, you know, depending on where you look, the Gators were anywhere from eight and a half to 10 point underdogs going into that game. Didn't have a lot to lose. You do fought, fight back. And, you know, I think that all of us will give credit to the Gators this season for fighting back when they found themselves in holes, but it's just a, a little too little, too late in this game. Um, but I, I think that second half, the, the start of the second half is really just going to wear on on the minds of Gator fans of what could have been this year. Yeah, it, um, it, there's a theme um, in, you know, in third quarters, and, and Florida just hasn't been good coming out of the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote about it. It's it, that's that's probably troubling to me um, mm-hmm. as a coach. You get 15 minutes. 20 minutes. Uh, if it's a CBS game, you get four and a half hours at halftime uh, to talk with your team, make adjustments from what just happened. Um, and I'm pulling the numbers up right now, but Florida was just terrible um, in the, in the third quarter this year, obviously worse um, in games that they lost, but outscored. Mm-hmm. What is it? Well, 90? I mean, <laughs> Nick, while you're pulling that up, sorry to interrupt. I mean, the Gators, you know, lose the middle eight again. I think that they tied three to three in terms they of tied the middle point. eight versus FSU. Yeah, but but when you look at production during that time, the Gators were they lost two point nine two expected points uh, in that game or in the in the game during that middle eight period, and FSU gained two point two three expected points. Now. That's advanced analytics. You can you can fight those numbers, but I think the one thing that we found this entire season is the middle eight and really that third quarter, Florida has really struggled with adjustments or trying to overcorrect or overadjust or think that a team is going to adjust to them and try to get cute or get you know too smart and, and outthink yourself. But that's something that this staff has really got to figure out going into next year because there's a lot of games that were lost in in that middle eight in that third quarter of the game. Yeah, they were uh, – Florida was atrocious in the middle eight. Um, a lot of that, I think – a lot of that – I mean, Billy, we've asked him about it, and people didn't like his response. I get some of it, and it's like a lot of times they 
you know, had two minutes to go and they're on their 20 and they're looking for a big play on first down, something to give them a chunk, a chunk play, 15, 20 yards, get them closer. And where in his mind, he's got striking distance. Now, is he more cautious because of his roster? And will he be more comfortable to be more aggressive two years down the line when he's got three, two, three recruiting classes and his own guys? Uh, Cause there was a point this season where Billy Napier straight up said like, it's not about the play calls. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. have to execute, which I think is as close to him saying, we just don't have the horses to compete in this race. Um, and and right now you can make that excuse as a coach because you didn't recruit these horses. <laughs> you know, in a, in a couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, it's your stable. Uh, and, and saying that we don't have the horses comes down to, uh, you know, the guy that owns the stable. So mm-hmm. um, middle eight was bad. All year long, um, Gators were outscored 90 to 68 in the third quarter in losses. In the six losses, they were outscored 76 to 30. Mm. Um, so it's 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 sort of an indictment on the coaching staff to me. What did you do in the locker room to make adjustments, talk to your team, get them ready? And, and that the immediate answer to that is, well, what did your team do in the third quarter? And, and Florida got blown out in the third quarter. Right. Yeah, even with the uh, you, you were saying that uh, I don't know. Billy seems aggressive. He's just not aggressive when it comes down to the the final two minutes heading into the halftime. Mm. Um, but he's shown a tendency to, to go for it on fourth down on our own twenty five or some shit when it just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. And, and when, when you should be when you should going, be punting and featuring the best player on the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like on fourth and ones, he's throwing or fourth and threes, he's throwing like bombs. Mm-hmm. So, like he he's showing showing the uh, the the aggressiveness. But the final two minutes, man, I don't I don't know if it's down to aggression or just uh, just play calling. Like yeah. and that's like I just you know I'm a Billy guy. I'm rocking with the, the growth and what he's trying to build. Yep. I understand what he's doing, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, nothing's perfect, and we're allowed to question things, even if we're we're, we're uh, supporting it and we believe in it. You can still, you know, question because all this is a growing process. But I don't, I don't get the two minute offense at all. I haven't seen one good two minute offensive drive at, to end the half. I've seen us go on Utah and go down and march and go ahead score, mm-hmm. um, but I just haven't seen that not one time leading to halftime. Yeah, no, it's been it's been absolutely frustrating to to watch. Uh, trying to see here if I have any notes because this is really one of the first times that I was able to sit down, watch the game, close close Twitter for the most part, and just kind of sat down in my journal here uh, to write some stuff down. And um, dear diary, Today yeah, no, playing Florida State. Yeah, I sometimes it felt that way. Uh, sometimes it felt that way. And we'll go through a couple of things here. I, I think that that's probably one of the biggest things that we've all noticed. It's it's that middle eight. It's that third quarter. It's the adjustments. And sometimes it's the overcorrection and over adjustments. In my you know opinion, I mean, if you look at this game, you know, Florida was running the ball really, really well. Uh, they were passing the ball, you know, pretty well uh, to start the game. Uh, moved completely away from the pass portion of it you know, or yeah, from the pass portion back to running and then completely away from running into passing. Uh, and then when they brought running back, it, it seemed to work again. And, and it kind of reminds me of that year, you know, when Florida had Treon Harris and they played Georgia and they just pounded the rock and ran the ball, Run you know, the ball. same three plays. Right. Yeah. And it worked. And I don't think that, you know, based on, 
you know, this game, you know, Trevor Etienne was averaging 7.59 yards per carry. Montreal Johnson, five. Anthony Richardson, 4.67. You know, you do that, you know, consistently, you're going to get a first down every, you know, two or three plays, right? So I don't know why they moved away from that. I still think Anthony Richardson, you know, had the ability to, to throw receivers open. I still think that there was an opportunity, but, you know, I think that they just tried to force throwing the ball in the beginning of the third quarter and then, you know, then we, we just couldn't stop them. You know, you score 38 games or 38 points in a game and you expect to win. And, you know, it's the second time or third time this year we've said, hey, that's a lot of points to score and you still end up on the losing side. Yeah, missed tackles were an issue again. Yep. Uh, oh, my two, God. Two, two biggest games, I think, this year. That cost us a game, issue. too, man. There were so many yeah. times you could you, you sack, you sack uh, oh, a trap yeah. to not just end the drive, but he would go on to, like, score on those same missed sacks sometimes. Uh, and like so, some some credits where it's due, like like he's done that to a lot of defenses. But to your point, like I I think they called the touchdown back. It was one where he like slid. First off, what are you doing sliding into the end zone? Um, yeah, they called it back at the one. They scored the next play, but like he there were like four guys that missed the sack opportunity. And yeah, Fox I wrote down. I wrote down 52, 54, and 33. Now, these could be wrong. Again, it was real, you know, in real time. Uh, all missed tackles. I think that there was another one that missed a tackle on that first escape that he had. Um, you know, at some point, you just you just have to put your body through him, right? I mean, you know, you try to get finicky. You try to make up the perfect tackle. And I know that there's, you know, a threat of, you know, hitting a quarterback any, you know, harder than a tap on get you a penalty. Ooh. But at some point, you just have to throw your body at him. And they were just doing a terrible job of – of anything in tackling throughout the entire game. I thought that Derek Wingo had a rough game. Um, I thought Amari Bernie played pretty well. Um, let's see, just going through uh, some of the notes. I mean, men, you know, when Ventral came in, he had that one uh, pass that he was able to deflect, but I thought that he was, you know, pretty isolated in terms of what he did in the game. Um, but you had to start the, the second half. We nine straight incomplete passes. That's insane. Uh, I do want to <clears throat> do want to applaud like this. Anthony uh, had eleven at one point too. Yeah, game. yeah. Uh, I do want to say like the beginning of the play, the the, the 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 approach to the first half and, and the way we we struck struck iron. You know, um, beautiful throws by AR. Um, they was loading the box. They was gonna make AR arm beat us. They was gonna try to stop the run game all all with all their possible their, their capabilities. They was gonna load the box and make AR. Uh, do what he had to do, and, and AR was delivering uh, in that first half. Uh, yep. Ricky Ricky Pearsall was putting on a, a clinic mm -hmm. uh, as far as running routes and being wide ass open. Uh, so I do I do like the start of the game. I think we went off the tracks second half, and I don't know if that was a predetermined game plan to start the second half, but there should have been some adjustment of hey man, we ended this half just they couldn't stop us. Like we just land on these people. Our offensive line was way bigger than the defensive mm -hmm. line. We were doing exactly exactly what we wanted to do. Um, and the only thing that could have hurt us was, was, was turnovers and, you know, mm -hmm. not running the ball. Two things that hurt us all year, turnovers and not running the ball. Yeah. There's um, a, there's a, go ahead. Going, going back the last three years for missed tackles, um, again, in 2020, only 11 games, 151 missed tackles, mm. uh, last season, 132. And then this year, uh, through 12 games, 124, um, but like real Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you'd have games where there were like four missed tackles, five missed tackles, and then LSU 21, FSU 18. You've got like these these games where it was just 
And if, if you look at those two quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. and, and Jordan Travis, there's, there's, you know, uh, and that's a priority there. That's pro that's, football focus. That's pro football focus. Yeah. Too. And I mean, and, and that's a, a very particular definition of, of what a missed tackle is too. I mean, there is, there's far more than that uh, in the game. Uh, I do, you know, a couple of big things cost them, right. Um, you know, again, don't know how much 10 yards matters, but it matters. You know, the Gators tie it up 38, 38, and then they kick the ball out of balance, right? You give right. them at least 10 more you, yards. You can't, you than can't a touchback. do that. Well, and, and what's crazy to me is that every kick before that was, was perfect and into the end zone uh, or, or short return. And then you go and you, you kick the ball out of bounds. Um, you know, I'll give credit to Johnny Wilson. He played well, had a couple great catches. Uh, at some point in time, it seemed that, that Jason Marshall and Trey Dean were both in, in Johnny Wilson hell. But, you know, simple mistakes like that, you know, are going to come back and bite you to a team that, that is as explosive as FSU is. And uh, I'll be sure that none of you probably listen to the broadcast. But uh, Brock Osweiler made sure that you knew every single time that Florida State touched the ball that they were the most explosive offense in the country. So. What do you thought? What do you guys think about the fourth down call with the pitch? I mean, I I, I, d- I don't like it because it didn't work out. If it works out right, it looks really good, right? So I, I, I mean, we I, gotta get cute. That's my take on it. Right. Like, I think we was able to run downhill on these people the entire game. You know, I, I didn't think there was a reason for us to get cute. And if if you do want to get cute, you you put your running back in, you know, in some read option types. I mean, your quarterback in some read option type stuff, or maybe some RPO. But to get cute, I mean, you you put yourself if, if the defensive end is disciplined, or if a couple of players are disciplined on that play, it's just a wash, and that's what happened. Um, and I didn't think we had to get cute. I think we could have just ran straight at them to pick up what we need. I think it was like a yard or two. Yeah, and, and there's a couple of things that I don't understand, and, and maybe Silk, you know, you you play more football than me, you can help me understand. I, I don't understand why Florida just can't line up under center on these fourth and ones and just power it through. I, I don't understand every time they're in the goal line, you know, two yards or closer to the goal line or you're on fourth and one, you know, why everything's out of the shotgun. And I know you can, you know, if you're a running back, you can get a little bit of a running start, maybe see a hole, but I, I just don't understand, you know, if you have a 240 pound quarterback. A lot. Yeah, they just don't practice a lot. I used to ask that when I, like, when, even when I was young, when we had Tebow and we get to the goal line and snap it four yards back to run it four. I never got that. They go just, just had this big, Dude, just get it from the center and fall forward. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't practice a whole lot, I don't think, in practice. Am I right, Nick? I don't think under the center is a thing we do a lot. So to do it in the game, I think, would be just a little uh, opportunistic yeah. for a turnover, in, mm-hmm. my, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they, they really don't practice it at all. Um, it could be something, though, that – it might be something you need to do. You, you need to right. practice. You know, you practice so many situations. Like you start, you'll have an entire hour of practice dedicated to just goal line, just red mm-hmm. zone. Um, you might need to start dedicating some stuff just because, so you can't have that excuse. So like, it's not an excuse. That, that's the reality, but they don't practice it. So if you don't practice. But if you watch this football, like how many shotgun teams that are going under center to do that these days? I mean, look, look around the country. Not a lot, a lot of teams on fourth and one are going under center. A lot of people are doing the same goofy stuff that we're doing. Uh, oh yeah, and I know, and I know it's happening in the NFL too, right? I mean, I saw right. the Dolphins do it with with Tua yesterday uh, as well. Uh, it's just more of a curiosity thing, um, and I know it's a comfort thing and everything else. And and I'm certainly not smarter than the coaches. It's just it's something to me that when you need to get six yards and you have a 240 pound you know quarterback and you're right there, why not? But six you know, get that for six yards. Yeah, just just frustrating to uh, to say the least. Um, 
let's see bad bad interception on uh, the fourth drive on offense that they had uh, or that we had in the game uh, Richard garage I thought struggled quite a bit in this game and I think he's he struggled quite a bit um, you know this season or at least towards the end of the season uh, I don't know what really happened um, to him um, but you know that was certainly something that I, I noted as well mm. a couple uh, yeah, a couple false starts against Texas A&M, um, a couple penalties against Vanderbilt, big penalty against uh, against Florida State. Got n- and I'm not going to say he got abused or got beat, but definitely didn't look uh, didn't look as sharp as he did earlier. I know Kingsley um, got beat on a few plays too, and that's going to happen. But you know, again, yeah, I um, man, coming into this year. Um, I had question marks. I actually, no, I, I was, I was excited about the offensive line. I think, um, Kingsley did not meet my expectations, probably didn't meet his expectations with this play mm-hmm. this year. I thought specifically he struggled on the road, um, with some snapping issues, um, some run blocking. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how this line shakes out. Like, uh, Osiris Torrance is, is going to be gone. He's going to be a, a top 40, 50 pick. If not, if not an outright first rounder, um, Richard Garage, I don't know if he'll go to the NFL, um, but I I do not think he will be back at Florida. I think even mm. if he doesn't go the NFL route, he'll he'll transfer. Um, and and you look at the offensive line, I think there's there's still optimism. You get Tarquin back, you get mm-hmm. um, a guy Richie Leonard who Florida's really really high on. You get him back. Ethan White can be back. I think Kingsley has to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Austin Barber, my guy, yeah. was ready to fight. Every single person in Garnet and Gold on Friday night. He did not get punched on, in the face by 91. Not just on the field. He was ready to fight. <laughs> he was ready to fight anyone in, in the stands. And so that's the kind of that's the kind of mentality and the kind of anger we need from offensive linemen. If you're trying oh, to I fight love fans, that's what we need. That's uh that's Silk's kind of offensive lineman right there. Thank God he didn't fight the fan. There was a lot of that going on and, and so so much poverty going on in, in the city of Tallahassee to, to, mm. to rush a field. After a game like that, uh, it's a little embarrassing you know, for the rivalry. You shouldn't be rushing the field for games like that. Maybe once um, John Ruiz is done fixing the homeless problem in Gainesville, he can focus on the poverty in Tallahassee. I can see it. It'd be a good initiative. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Barber. Uh, I'm with you. Your garage struggled a little bit. Who do we who we lose off the offensive line? Just. Just Torrance, uh, right? uh, just uh, Osiris Torrance. You're gonna Nick said that you're gonna probably lose uh, Richard Garage as well. Um, so you're probably replacing two, at least two of your five starters. Uh, but Austin Barber obviously playing time this year. Um, you get Tarquin back, so um, they are returning some people with with snaps under their belt at least. For sure. Excited to see what Cam Waits look like once he is going as well. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think they evaluate offensive line pretty good with these guys. The staff is really high on uh, Jalen Farmer as well, who is oh, really? a monster of a, of a human being. I like to hear that. Um, and we can get through this game pretty quickly. Statistically, the Gators uh, do well, and you look at advanced analytics, um, 10% of their plays were were explosive, which means a, a run of, of – 15 plus yards and a pass of, of 20 um, were successful in the red zone for the most part um, struggled with, with obviously stopping FSU's run um, struggled, creating havoc 
uh, run 85 total plays. Um, you know, obviously a lot more success rushing the ball than passing. Uh, started off the game really strong passing. Uh, Richardson ends for nine for 27 for 198 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and one sack uh, in the game. Um, but again, give credit where credit's due. Started off the game really well, throwing the ball. Ricky Pearsall looked fantastic. You know, it, it is important to say that the um, Gators were missing, I believe, four. Uh, of their wide receivers for their their higher um, on the depth chart wide receivers in this game. Uh, Jonathan Odom catches a touchdown. Ricky Pearsall gets two. Um, so, uh, you know, Caleb Douglas, you know, unfortunate drop there on the last drive. Um, Got to bring that one in, but, you know, things happen. I uh, can't put it all on him. Um, but, you know, the Gators on nine catches – Five of them went to Pierce, all three went to Odom, and then one went to to Xanders. Man, what could have been with some better attrition as well? Uh, you know, we had our entire receiving corps um, mm -hmm. out with Justin, uh, Justin, uh, Jaquavion Frazier's and Justin Shorter, uh, Xavier Henderson, three mm -hmm. starters, and you're going with a bunch of young boys while they did play a good game. Shout out to Ricky Pierce off for, for being solid, but you guys, they, they played okay, you know, for, mm -hmm. for an AR made do it what he has for his receivers but um just shout out to them boys having some resolve the entire team uh, they wasn't they didn't come in lacking any confidence they thought they should win their game they played very good um this is a veteran team like florida state uh if anything they should they, i know they're happy but for a team to be as, as at their at their peak right now as far as uh uh mike norvell's career since he's been there and as, as good as they thought this team was uh, they, they were in a dogfight and, and probably should have lost that game to a depleted receiver corps um, at home, you know, uh, and Mike, Mike Norvell's third year. So mm -hmm. uh, shout, shout out to Billy. I think they were shocked by the offense that he put on the field as well. Uh, we, we got a lot to say about Billy's offense, but when you look at the numbers, uh, it's very productive. Uh, and it's still a lot to be desired from the quarterback position when it becomes, when it pertains to decision-making. So, uh, we'll see what what's next. Uh, we'll see mm -hmm. if AR goes pro. We'll see if if he if he plays the bowl game, and if not, who plays quarterback in the bowl game? What the offense looks like with that quarterback? There's a lot to be seen. Um, season's not over yet. Yeah, no. Uh, Jalen Kitna did come in. Uh, Anthony Richardson's um, helmet came off. I thought that he looked poised. He looked like a a good quarterback out there. Has the stature. Has the the flow looks like a hockey player uh, out there, but I uh, thought that he did well uh, poised and um, not breaking any news here, but I think you should expect to see and to see Jalen Kittner's Jersey out there quite a bit uh, in whatever bowl game the Gators do play uh, right now. CBS is projecting Florida and UCLA in the Las Vegas bowl I like that. on December 17th. Uh, watch that UCLA USC game. Um, don't like that at all. Um, so maybe um, they have a bunch of people that are worried about going to the NFL. Let me just it out. let me plant a little bug here. I don't know who Florida will have left on the roster after the transfer portal and, and some uh, NFL decisions. I think you know AR will probably declare, um, mm -hmm. and I think he wants to play in the bowl game. And I think his representation will be like, "Are you out of your mind? The bowl game? What bowl game? Who cares about the bowl right. game? We're going to start getting ready for the NFL." So that'll be interesting to see. Um, Plant a little bug. Let me go with Gator Bowl, Notre Dame, Florida. Just throwing that out there. 
Throwing that out there. Gator Bowl is in the beautiful, bustling, hip city of Jacksonville, Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, When would that game be played, Nick? That's Uh, around New Year's. I think it's December 23rd. Ah, Totally wrong. Uh, Needless to say, I probably won't be able to make it. I think I have plans. I don't like that one either. Well, uh, you know, it's it's, so here's how it works. The the Uh, CFP takes the four teams. And then the SEC sends the team to the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, there's like tiers, and they can pick and choose. But really, it's the TV company, which essentially is ESPN, which is Disney, mm-hmm. picking games based on what do you think we can sell? Because they don't care about the bowl games. They want you to think they care about the bowl games. They care about the commercials, which bring them money from having 60-plus bowl games. Florida and Notre Dame sells. <laughs> very well sure. to companies um to well-known teams i'm trying to find out what t- what day this game is um that sells that sells way more than you know um it's actually december 30th dan a friday oh. at, at beautiful tiaa bank the gators and notre dame have played just one time and mm-hmm. that was in 1992 notre dame won 39 to 28. I do know that the Gators are planning a home and home with Notre Dame at some point in the next decade. I think it's in 2030. I'm making that. Uh, I could certainly be wrong. Yeah, I've well, never been to a quieter Vanderbilt. stadium in my life than when I went to the house Notre that Rudy Dame. built. The house that Rudy built. I thought you said that booty built, but yeah. I think booty has built some houses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> booty has built um, a lot of houses. Jared Johnson wants it to be the no. Birmingham ball. No, um, I don't think anybody else besides no. you, Jared, wants the it's Birmingham nasty ball. Right there. No, the only Jared. people that want the Birmingham ball, like Jared, live in Birmingham. In Birmingham, yeah. uh, 904. We did get your super chat. We'll do that here in a second. Um, let's let's wrap up the Florida State Florida game. Uh, any final thoughts uh, on the game? Anybody that you want to give uh, special credit or a shout out to? Uh, final thoughts, man. Uh, refereeing is down as a culture. Ooh. You know, I think like we we we, we got to like defund what is refereeing right now <laughs> and, and start back from scratch. It, it's it's garbage. Yeah. Uh, it's just terrible mm-hmm. refereeing the entire season. Not just not just Friday night. Mm-hmm. I'm just as as a whole. I think refereeing is is down. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Etn. It's gonna be special in the future, man. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the feet that that young man has are special. Uh, I think uh, him and Montreal next year are going to be, regardless of the quarterback, on the run game does change with AR going. I do want people like with Kitna, and we'll see that in the bowl game if Kitna's the guy. Uh, with, with a linebacker not focused on AR possibly taking off with the ball as much, they're going to squeeze down a little bit differently on our run game. It's going to look a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the, in the meantime, shout out to ETN, shout out to mm-hmm. Montreal. The offensive line gets, gets to my MVP of mm-hmm. the year as far as a team unit. Oh, uh, Torrance is probably the most viable player on the team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a group, I'm going to give it to the offensive line. I think they've been steady this year uh, and, and, and the anchor of this team. Uh, defensively, there's a lot to be desired uh, personnel-wise. Mm-hmm. I know we got a lot of personnel issues, but I got to see Tony get his own guys. Uh, we're not waiting forever for this. I think there's a lot of opportunity in the portal mm-hmm. uh, for us to get some guys that could play. We're going to lose some in the portal. Let's bring some in the portal, but uh, defense just I didn't I didn't learn a lot this year. Mm-mm. No, I think um, Nick. Sorry, I, I want to hear ahead, your thoughts ahead. too. I think in Nick, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Osiris Torrance goes 
his entire career, or at least since his freshman year without allowing a sack. Um, I know his, his statistics are in the three thousands, I believe for a number of snaps without a sack. So um, he came in as the most heralded um, offensive line prospect recruit out of the transfer portal. And I think that he absolutely lived up to that. I thought that he did a great job. I thought the offensive line as a whole did really well. And I'm not sure if that has a lot to do with their maturity and their, their age and their experience that they had before, how much goes into Darnell Stapleton and Rob sale. Uh, but I think that, you know, convincingly you saw probably the best Florida Gators offensive line that you've seen in a real long time, 12 years, maybe, sure. uh, maybe since the end of those, you know, Mike you had both on it, right. Yeah. yeah. Both so, pounces. Um, Nick, I want to hear your thoughts and then I'll run through my MVPs and then we'll, we'll move on to some other stuff. Um, I, I think if you beat Vanderbilt, even losing to FSU as much as losing to FSU sucks and, and can taint the season. Um, I think if you don't lose to Vanderbilt, there's a significantly different feeling as a mm-hmm. Gator fan right now. Um, losing to Vanderbilt. No, I you, still feel you, sick. Be honest with you. <laughs> if, if, if you if you equate the season to like a hike, like there were some stumbles, it was it was a tough trail. Uh, you had you had a good hike, um, and then losing to Vanderbilt was like finishing your hike, getting back to the car, and getting sprayed by a skunk. Like as you're getting into the car, it's very specific. Now, now you're just like driving home, and and shit stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what losing to Vanderbilt did to this season. I think if you beat Vanderbilt, you're seven and five. You feel okay. You get an eight, eighth win in the bowl game. You get a top ten recruiting class, and, and you see the vision. And I think the, the loss to Vanderbilt just distorts the vision because it's egregious. Um, it should never mm-hmm. happen. Um, hadn't happened in my entire lifetime. Um, so I think Hugh Freeze to Auburn from fo- football yeah, school. Bro, they, had, they, they fired a better version of Hugh Freeze two years ago, who now coaches the UCF Knights. So that's a wild time. Right uh, to be to be Auburn, um, I love it for them. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good um, get for them. Wisconsin got a good get too. I like. I Luke. really like. I like. I really like. I was joking. I was being sarcastic about Hugh, uh, but I do like uh, Luke to 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 uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I think that's a good fit. I think they're going to be a little threat out there uh, to to challenge Michigan and, and Ohio State and get in the mix a little bit. With- um. To Dan's point about Osiris, he would be my offensive MVP. Mm-hmm. He played 1,501 pass-blocking snaps with no sacks allowed. He played 3,065 total snaps and was only penalized in his career 12 times. This season, no sacks, no penalties. I mean, that's just incredible. I mean, that just doesn't happen even mm-hmm. amongst the best, right? It's easy to get a – to get a, an arm, you know, wrapped around, um, you know, a neck or, or something gets missed or, you know, you, you just missed the snap count by a, a millisecond, a quarter of a second, but uh, now shout out to him. Nick, who's your, do you have a defensive MVP? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think my defense, my defensive MVP is going to be Ventrell Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the stats are, are good. I, I was surprised as, as Silk already mentioned, don't need to be a dead horse um, that Florida's defense didn't get better or at least get, you know, an emotional, advantage and emotional charge from getting mm-hmm. from getting Miller back um so but to me uh, you know just what he meant to the team on mm-hmm. the field and off the field for the entire season um 51 and 54 would be my MVPs on either side of the ball I like that um 
Yeah, uh, you know, shout out to Os- Osiris Torrance, uh, Montreal Johnson. You know, I, I think a lot of us were excited about him, you know, just because of his freshman year, but you just don't know if that's going to translate to the SEC or not. He did really well. Obviously, you know, ETN, a guy that wasn't recruited, you know, by Florida, I don't believe, um, you know, until Billy Napier comes. And you just, I, I can't imagine, you know, where they would have been without, you know, that those two. Um, they're significant. Man, everybody, in my opinion. Yeah, it would have been, been messy without those yeah. two running backs. Um, you know, and I, you uh, know, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought Justin Shorter had a good year. Ricky Pearsall, um, you know, Anthony Richardson, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be a what if, right? Anthony Richardson is likely going to end his Florida career with 13 total games, um, you know, as a starting quarterback, you know, a lot of Jekyll, you know, a lot of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde out of him. Some things were great. Some things weren't, um, you know, Silk, I know that you and I have chatted, you know, quite a bit about how we think Anthony Richardson, you know, if he goes to the right situation will likely be a better NFL quarterback uh, than he is a college quarterback. I think that he's got a lot to work on uh, just from the mental you know, side of the game. And I say this completely as a bystander, um, you know, and I, I certainly wish him, you know, if he does declare if, and when, you know, that, that he is successful in the NFL. He's going to measure off the charts. You know, Nick talked about it a couple of weeks ago. He's going to line up with, you know, four or five wide receivers that know him very well. He's going to look very pretty. You know, he's going to throw the ball beautifully. And, you know, I hope that he goes to a situation where he can learn and, and develop and, and not be expected to, to be the, um, you know, the, the first round starter, um, you know, wherever he goes. Uh, in year one, yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I think AR needs to get uh, drafted by a team that that gives him the Aaron Rodgers treatment. He's sitting mm-hmm. behind a veteran for a couple of years. Um, I think he has to work on not just mental. There's some physical parts of his game that mm-hmm. he got to work on as well. The NFL is starting to see this thing a little different as far as like I think quarterbacks, um, again like the NBA and drafting potential. Um, you you look at the guys, the Mahomes, and the guys that came in the NFL very raw. The NFL didn't see them as talented back then when they were coming in, like not as a, like a top ten pick, but how they how they develop and that upside was worth that 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 gamble. And I think that's what they're seeing in AR in a down uh, quarterback class. There's no quarterback I'm looking at right now that I'm just in love with. Uh, but if there's somebody that I can look at physical attributes. And, and, you know, I'm a gamble on. I think he has the best physical attributes mm-hmm. to enter the draft as far as he's going to go run a 4-4-40. He's going to jump 40-inch vertical. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can make all the hard throws, right? I think he struggles with the easy throws, the, the throws that should be routine. And I think that's just going to come with reps and, rep, you know, repetition just fix mm-hmm. that type of stuff, in my opinion. It don't completely fix accuracy, but some of those throws, he just he just needs more reps at, like swing passes yeah. and some of the slant stuff. Um, yeah, and a couple they, of they, check downs. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, they just see the potential, and and I see it as well. Regardless of how he struggled at UF, this kid hasn't been playing quarterback that long. You know, um, shout out to Denny Thompson. I think he's a reputable uh, quarterback coach, but um, this kid hasn't been – he hasn't had the best of hands put on him as far as quarterback development. Um, and these guys think they're smarter than, I'm sure, Billy – if I'm an NFL guy and I'm working in the NFL, I'm gonna think I'm smarter than, than Billy, and I'd rather have this kid right now uh, than 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 next year. I don't think another year here is gonna help him in that aspect. I don't think the NFL is gonna look at him any different. I don't think he's gonna grow in Billy's offense anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's just time. Once somebody's telling you you're your top top fifteen, top twenty pick, first round, it's time to go. Um, yep. And I, I don't think any team's gonna draft him and throw him in the fire. 
That'd yeah, be a no, mistake. I, I agree. Uh, and, and, you know, and there's there's something way different because I, I I've been uh, probably two months now. I've been telling people like, hey, he's going to the the draft, and people be like, he's I never not ready. saying it. Yeah. Right, right, right. But a lot of fans, I get a lot of pushback from that of he's not ready. You're crazy. There's no way any team likes him. And it's like, listen, dude, they, <laughs> the NFL, they are not Florida fans. They don't care right. if Florida goes six and six, four and eight. They're looking at a talent and projecting what he can do for them. That's Anthony it. Richardson, if you look at him and project what you think he can be, that's a top 20 pick. And if you're drafting at 20 and he's still there and you need a quarterback, you're counting your lucky stars because now you're not even paying him top 10 money. Um, right. But if you're an Anthony Richardson and you're getting that projection, which he is mm-hmm. and which he will when he puts in his papers, life. Um, that's what he's going to get. So it's like, yeah, it's to me. The people that think that, the people that think they're smarter than like NFL scouts and G, scouts and GMs are the, are, the, are the hilarious ones to me, bro. Like we all know that. The kid's not perfect, and he pro- he probably could use another year. Yeah, but like the year don't make sense, man. If, if he comes back, he if he comes pick. back and has a great year, could he be a top three pick? Absolutely. Could he blow his knee out and then be playing Absolutely. at Florida in twenty twenty five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your risk reward there? Can I come back and maybe push mm-hmm. to a top three pick, or maybe blow my knee out? I'm a guy right at six foot four two forty. Nobody's trying to tackle me straight up. They are diving at my ankles. They are diving Absolutely. at my knees. You've had an ankle injury that you've been, you know, you've had hamstring interview. You've had hamstring like, injuries for five years, right? I mean, go, go get the yeah. bag, right? I mean, it, it, he's not perfect. And I think that, you know, history is going to look very interestingly on Anthony Richardson. And that's just the way that prognostication works of what yeah. could have been, what happened, what didn't happen. Um, you know, certainly wish the young man, you know, best of luck in whatever he decides to do. If he decides to come back to Florida and, Hey, baby, let's ride. But if he doesn't, you know, go get that bag. You know, there's a lot of secured and guaranteed money in, in being a first-round draft pick. That's that's generational uh, money. So, Yeah, also, I think sometimes it'd be, just, it'd be time for certain players and, like, certain situations to just move on. Mm-hmm. He's from Gainesville, uh, uh, University of Florida. Our fans, we're hard on quarterbacks as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the people, they it's like a love-hate relationship. They want him to come back, right? But they say he stink at the same time, right? <laughs> why anybody, he sucks, why anybody but anybody if he comes back, him? yeah. yeah I'm not done complaining him. about him yet. I right. need one more year. Back. Let me complain about this guy one more year. <laughs> yeah, got a lot of tweets in the hopper. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it's just time. We'll see what happens. He still got a decision to make. Uh, he has some some quotes he said after the game. It's for us. Uh, I think you asked him, Nick, or who asked him the question? And he said he got it. Edgar asked him. Oh, very good. Uh, and he said he got some things he got to figure out uh, as far as like accuracy and why he went, you know, nine to twenty-seven. Nine to twenty-seven. So Oof, that's an egregious number. But uh, no, certainly wish him the best. Some accountability. Get, I like it. Yep. Uh, give it to Ventrell Miller. Um, I, th- I thought that he played his his ass off this year. Hopefully, he's able to get uh, a good draft spot uh, in the NFL. Uh, we'll probably be older than most of the guys on the defense wherever he gets drafted. So. Uh, certainly wish him the best of luck. Uh, I thought that Princely came in um, and did well with Brenton Cox's absence. And then I'm excited for uh, uh, Antoine Ryland Powell uh, to really step up next year, too. I yeah, thought likewise. In, in opportunities that he had. Whoop. Powell, Ryland. Powell Ryland. Sorry. Uh, Powell Ryland. Um, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Um, Antoine. 
Powell Ryland Jr. Uh, I thought that he he played well when he came in. Um, you know, still want to see some growth and development out of the defense, uh, especially in the secondary. Uh, I think that there's, you know, we're going to talk about Avery Helm here in a bit. We're going to talk about probably some of the other guys that are going to the transfer portal. I think the Gators are going to absolutely um, need to hit the the portal uh, for uh, some 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 immediate help. They've got a lot of great guys that are in the recruiting class that I think will help and develop, but they're going to need some help right away at safety, nickel, and cornerback because right now it's it's a little spooky back there. Uh, well, let's uh, get in. I'll be, I'll be, say spooky in the secondary. Yeah. I think there's talent. I just think that we're, I, I don't know if it's next year talent. I don't, I don't know how much you play. It's just, we'll, we'll move on, but I don't um, know mm-hmm. how much you play in the defensive back room as far as the portal. And we got like, we got to figure it out. I think we, is a tweet from um, Steve Wilfong kind of saying the same thing. Uh, uh, find that balance of, do you wait the signing day? Because guys are gonna jump in the portal on the fifth. So you do you wait the signing day to try to get an elite guy, or do you try to grab somebody out of that portal that can, you know, that's available right now and you're not risking uh, getting burnt on, on signing day? Um, so there's a little situation there, but I don't know how much you play with your DB recruiting class. I think a lot of these kids are gonna come in and be ready to play uh fairly early at secondary. I like Kyrie mm-hmm. uh Jackson a lot. I Jaheim think Jackson. I'm sorry, yeah. Jakeem Jackson. I like him a lot. I think he's going to come in ready to play fairly early. I had those same thoughts about Cromani, but he went elsewhere. But there's some guys, man, that I think at corner spot that will be able to – and will be healthier with, with Kimber, uh, Devin Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were missing quite a bit with injuries. So we'll be a little healthier, and I think that the freshman infusion should be enough at corner uh, for us to be all right. I'll see if we if we play in the portal there a little bit, but I think we may be all right at corner. Yeah, uh, I think safety is a, a concern. You know, I I don't know. I think Florida's got a lot of hard decisions. I think there's going to be a lot of players leaving. I think some players that I, I don't know how many big impact players, and we can talk a little bit more about this right after an ad read. I don't know how many huge impact players are going to be potentially out, but I do think that Florida has some some question marks at safety. You know, I thought Kamari Wilson, when he came in, did all right. You know, struggled a little bit against FSU when he did play. Uh, in that game, I thought that Trey Dean had, you know, a decent game uh, at times, but, um, you know, 16, 22, and zero gave me nightmares all season. So I, I don't know, you know, what what's next for the Gators in terms of development, uh, in terms right. of the talent that they have on the roster, and obviously bringing in young guys that could be super talented. I do think, Silk, to your point, I think that there's going to be a lot of un- unfortunate circumstances where players are going to sign and then, you know, guys are going to be brought into the portal um, after they sign. And I think that it's going to be a really unfortunate circumstance for those kids. Um, I understand that it's life and I understand it's a team and everything else. Um, but this transfer portal year is going to be absolutely bonkers. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of spring entrance into the, uh, to the, to transfer portal uh, that are freshmen that are, are early enrollees, but um, let's get a little bit into that. Uh, as always, we want to thank our friends over at Home Field Apparel uh, for uh, sponsoring our show. Go check out Home Field Apparel. Use promo code Stadium and Gale, or I don't know if it's still running, but check out Black Friday uh, as a promo code as well. You're either going to get 15 or 20% off of your order. Great gifts in this giving season. Again, homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale. Um, Nick, you mentioned it when we started the show. Um, but actually let's get to nine Oh four Whelan's question. Let's talk a little bit recruiting, uh, super chat. Thanks so much. Uh, what percentage of this class is early entrance or early enrollees, Um, Nick? 
uh, at uh, I was always told don't do math live on camera, uh, so I won't do the math. But I, I've got yeah, six, for that, bro. Pull I've, out got, your I've got sixteen guys here that are enrolling early. I can run through the list real quick. Um, quarterback Jaden Rashada, defensive lineman Kelby Collins, offensive lineman Roger Kearney, Aiden Mizell, Jakeem Jackson, T.J. Searcy, Cameron James, Bryce Lovett, Treon Webb, Bryce Thornton, Najee Harris. Sharif Denson, Jordan Castell, Jaden Robinson, Aaron Gates, who's already graduated, I think might want to watch Michigan there. He's been mm-hmm. up there a bunch, um, but still committed to like Florida that. and early enrolling. And then Will Norman, uh, also an early enrollee. The only four right now that are not are Andy Jean, Dijon Johnson, Gavin Hill, and Isaiah Nixon. Also, Eugene Wilson, uh, our Corey, Corey Bender, our Corey Bender, like a <laughs> uh, Gator online, Corey Bender just posted that Eugene Wilson is not going to be signing in December. Um, so he's someone to watch and Tyree Patterson not signing in December as well. Um, UC Wilson was just told by, uh, yeah, there's maybe another, what? maybe I mixed another, it up. Maybe it's Tyree no, no, Patterson. you, you, you had it right. Um, Eugene Wilson, uh, according to Corey Bender and his coach was told that he was not going to be signing in, in December and signing in February. Um, one of the other sites just reported after communicating with Eugene Wilson that he will sign in December. So recruiting, it's fun. Kid, yeah, kid, the kid, does, kid, kid doesn't have any drama could definitely be a communication issue on one side or the so, other. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not going to hold that against Corey. If that is not the case, um, do want to give, Corey, a shout out. I see what he has to deal with every day, along with you too, Nick, <laughs> on the message boards. But uh, as the head honcho over there, um, don't don't envy his job. Um, uh, so, so six, 16 guys uh, by our count right now, um, which <laughs> maybe this is like just like PTSD for me. Like if if the signing class, like if, if if signing day in February, which you know we should we can even like have a debate if that should mm-hmm. even be called signing day and like if early signing day should be called early signing day or just signing day and then there's like a second later day uh that you can also sign on um like if that day doesn't go perfectly you're gonna have more than half of your signing class already working out with mark hockey going through spring practice in classes like this is a this is a huge i know that early enrolling has become more normal but to have 16 early enrollees is absolutely massive I'm here um, for it. It's bump class. Yeah, and I think that the way a lot of colleges do, and, and I'm not, or high schools, pardon me, do it, uh, especially with the online schools and everything else, that they allow them to take additional credits. I, I think that if an if a player is okay with leaving high school early, that I mean, it just gives them such a, a head start. You know, spring is a, a little bit easier of a transition time than it certainly is during the summer and the fall. Being able to get acclimated to campus and everything else. Now, I do know that you are giving up. You know, usually prom and some of the other things that you would have, but if you can, certainly, and your school allows it, certainly seems advantageous to do that. So right now the Gators look to add 16 or 17, which is 80% uh, or 85% uh, of their class uh, that that is in place now. Um, I know the Gators are looking to get Cedric Baxter on campus here in December, the running back that's committed to Texas. Uh, I know that, you know, Corey Bender, our Corey Bender, um, put in uh, a crystal ball for Mark Fletcher, uh, at a 65% confidence uh, for him to come to the Gators. So that seems positive that the Gators will likely end up with two running backs uh, in this class. But uh, any final thoughts in recruiting? I know we're getting to that time where 
you know, we're going to start to see some more visits after the, uh, the Thanksgiving holiday now, but any, any final thoughts on, on recruiting uh, for what we know now? This is where, this is where it's at. This is uh, part of the vision, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the exact boards are, or how they close, but I think there's a, there's a necessity right now to, to close strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody's watching the talent acquisition part of all of this because um, that's been the, the the crutch that was given this year uh, was personnel. Uh, and we got to beat some big dogs out coming down the stretch and not just, you know, could be in the top two and almost get these guys. I think the fans want to see something different. The product on the field uh, is a lot of questions. So I think uh, if Billy's able to close and beat Bama out, beat Miami out for some of these studs that we got, uh, Samson, the pancake kid. I only want to try to say Hancho. his last name. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to that boy. Uh, they got to figure something out. You know, uh, how to close. I don't know if if it, if it pertains to NIL or what it is. You just got closers close. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get into like the exact names, but there's some five star. We gotta get some top fifty kids, man. Um, to make those difference makers to make yep. a, make a, to make an impact. Day one. Uh, Rusal is one of those guys. I know that they're coming down to Bama, but you invested a lot of time into these guys. So. Um, and that's a position of need. So we'll, we'll see what they do, but they got some positions they need to close on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about this a little bit before, so don't need to like harp on it, but top seven's nice, but like you don't have that top 50 kid. Is Rashad a top 50? No. Uh, well, it depends. You guys have him ranked like a thousand. So that brings down his <laughs> average. Um, but, I think uh, but stars, on rivals and two, Eugene Wilson, uh, very yeah. close to top 50. Yeah, uh, we're five star. I don't know who he is, bro. We uh, we are way higher on Eugene than everyone else. Uh, just put that out there. Uh, uh, all y'all, high. even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Nick, y- y'all mm. just higher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> elevated. Sure. Uh, man, yeah. No, Florida's got to win uh, some of these recruiting battles. Sit right now in seventh, um, or is it eighth? I'd have to double seventh. check. Uh, seventh right now. That's what I thought. Um, you know, we talked about it last episode. A lot of players moved up in the rankings. Uh, Florida has a lot of great talent uh, coming in, but you need to win, you know, against your your Alabamas, your Georgias, uh, your schools that are, you know, consistently at the top. Um, and there's a, a very strong correlation between finishing at the top of the recruiting classes year after year and finishing at top of the leaderboard. Um, all right, let's get into some transfers. Uh, you know, the Florida Gators have announced, or it has been announced, pardon me, that Avery Helm uh, intends to answer, enter the transfer portal on December the 5th, which is the first day uh, that they can enter. Uh, that adds to a number of other Gators that have already entered their name or will be entering their name uh, or, or have already taken visits. But Nick, uh, give us your thoughts and so uh, you as well on some of the uh, transfer news that you expect or have heard. Um, all right. Let me see. So just I'm, I'm pulling up uh, our why you do transfer that, Nick. tracker. Yeah, while you do that, uh, currently, besides Avery Helm, Griffin McDowell, offensive lineman, Kamar Wilcoxon, defensive back, Josh Braun, offensive lineman, linebacker, Dewan Black, uh, linebacker, Brenton Cox, well, he's going to be going to the pros, uh, Nick Elksness, tight end, and wide receiver Trent Whittemore have already announced their departures uh, into the transfer portal. It, um, 
It will be, uh, it's going to be interesting and, and, and it kind of also plays into uh, recruiting, but mm -hmm. the transfer portal being 45 days starting on December 5th, which includes the early signing day. Um, you're going to have a lot of guys who are taking visits really quick and make no mistake about it. You can't talk to players until they're in the portal. Um, okay. Yeah. Name names, uh, Nick. Yeah, there's going to be guys that um, are announcing they're hitting the transfer portal on the fifth and, and might have a, uh, you know, be going somewhere by the late on the fifth or the sixth. Um, Sometimes you just know where you want to be, Nick. Must just have a strong conviction <laughs> about the, the the storied programs and traditions that they're current that they're, they're now joining. Real quick, quick question, Nick. What is the window for the new the, the new transfer? 40, 45 days. So forty five days. Get, starting December fifth, um, you've got forty five days. Um, what is that? January twentieth. Oh, there you go. Abraham just now tweeted himself that he is entering the portal. So confirm our, confirms our report. Wish wish you the best, Mr. Helm, and to your father, always a uh, a fan of Stadium and Gale, um, and definitely a participant a, on the. They uh, that's a great family. Um, mm -hmm. A really good dad, um, super supportive of his son. Um, had you know the knee issues. Avery Helm is one of the most. I know we talk about Anthony Richardson, obviously, but Avery Helm is one of the most physically and athletically gifted players on Florida's roster. The dude jumps out of the gym really fast. Yeah. Um, he's going to be good. He's going to land somewhere. I like him coming uh, out of high school. A lot of the, the track stuff, the, the physical attributes, film, film was good. Um, but, you know, sometimes he's time to move on, bro. That's all. He just needed fresh coaches. He, he didn't <clears> sign up for Corey Raymond and Patrick Tony. He signed up for a different deal. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even if you know somebody's highly regarded, highly respected, like Corey Raymond is, sometimes things just don't work out. Sometimes personalities, you know, mesh or, or, or don't mesh. Pardon me, or, or conflict. Sometimes things happen. Um, I think that there's going to be a, a, a lot of names. Um, I think a few weeks ago, um, Silk and I both estimated probably twenty to twenty-five people. I think Nick even kind of scoffed at that number. Um, I do think that that somewhere around that the twenty number is still a number that I, I see as is pretty likely, even if some of those uh, guys decide yeah. to return back. Uh, but I, I, I think it's going to be at least 20 and I would not be surprised if it's more. Well, here's what I'll throw out. Um, and I don't know if he will, but, and I'll throw out two names just like uh, to play this scenario out. What would stop Jason Marshall from entering the transfer portal? Um, I mentioned, I think it was on our show What's to stop Harold Perkins, who just had an amazing freshman year? It's going to be an, a freshman All-American um, at LSU. What's to stop them from going in the portal, taking some visits, taking some calls, getting some NIL feelers from other schools, mm -hmm. and bringing them back to their school and say, hey, here's the number, match it, or I'm going to go somewhere. Um, so someone like Nothing. Jason who's only a sophomore, you can go in the portal and come back. And, and like, if Jason Marshall goes in the portal – and does that scenario, there's probably a lot of people that'll say, screw him. He doesn't want to be here. We're not playing that game. You college football coaches have to play that game. Now mm -hmm. Billy Napier well, who's playing that game yet. I don't think nobody's played they, that game yet though. I think you're going to, yeah, there was a kid from uh, Tennessee last year, an offensive lineman who took like three visits and ended up just pulling his name out of the portal and going back to Tennessee. Yeah. The Georgia, was. yeah. The Georgia offensive lineman. Uh, Would you think he was, it was like a bidding war. Or he just decided that Tennessee was still the best place for him. Yeah, Tennessee was the best comma place for him. Oh, you, 
I, I want to see. I want to see that happen because I'm, I'm down for like that type of action. But I haven't. I haven't seen the the, the kid like a Harold Perkins leverage the program back, right? Because the heat comes with that. You know, it's a, that's a, that's a bold move. And I don't think we've seen anybody do that. Everybody that's jumped in it went on to greener pastures and then really use it as, hey, match this type of situation. I do think we're That'd in a little. I think we're in a little bit of a different situation than we were last year. Right. I think that there's a little bit more uh, understanding of, of NIL and the collectives and some of the money that they may have, the ability to, to work and collect some of that money. Um, you know, you're starting to see coaches get involved in NIL. I saw that Kenny Dillingham mm. uh, announced that he's going to be he's the new uh, head coach at Arizona State's going to be giving a million dollars of his salary uh, to the Arizona State Collective. Um So I, I think that's going to be interesting. I mean, it's certainly a gamble. So you make up a great point. Right. You have to remember that anytime you you put yourself out there to be negotiated with, there's always a chance that one side says, "Hey, I'm going to walk away." Not saying that anybody's going to walk away from Harold Perkins or Jason Marshall or or enter great player here, but that's certainly yeah. something that you know is is risky, and you have to understand the risk of of doing that as well. Well, this year is also a a massive um, kind of recalibration year because mm-hmm. in 2020. Coaches really couldn't go out and recruit and couldn't go out and scout. So there's probably a bunch of kids from that 2020 recruiting cycle that are on teams that maybe their talent, they shouldn't be on teams. And a bunch of kids who were maybe missed and went to smaller schools. Um, just wrote a story about the, the um, receiver from Charlotte DuBose, who's going to mm-hmm. get a ton of offers from everybody. Shout out to Andre DeBose so for changing his name and getting his, yeah. his 13th or 14th year. So, so there's a bunch of kids in the 2020 class that are going to hit the portal um, because they are better than the schools they're at. And there's mm-hmm. probably a bunch of kids on, on rosters that when you start having these exit interviews, they're going to be told like, hey, man, Charlotte might be the team you should be on, not Arkansas or Florida or Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and, and then you've got a bunch of kids in the 2021 class now. Like, yeah, sure. There was – NIL was a thing, but like you just said, Dan, we have a better grasp on NIL um, in terms of the impact of it. And you're now seeing the universities put more of an investment into it. Um, you're seeing a coach now put his money where his mouth is for a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you have history now, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. You, you look at the there's kids in the 21 class that, hey, I didn't get that kind of bag. And and now if I go back into right. the portal, I might get that bag. So the right. portal I mean, is going to be wild. I mean, there's a lot of things that were promised and and may not be delivered on, and, and that's not calling out any particular portal or any particular person. Um, you know, But there's a lot of things that, hey, we can't negotiate with you or we can't sign anything until you're on campus that all of a sudden things can change. Money can dry up. The economy shifts and changes the amount of money coming in yep. and out too. So there's a lot of things that, that could have changed. And so I am interested to see how, you know, there is going to be a situation like what you said, Nick, I don't know if it's going to be a Jason Marshall or a Harold Perkins. It might be somebody from Penn state, right. That, that we don't follow closely. That's really, really good just to throw their name out in the hat because why the hell not? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they would have to like sit out the bowl game and do this fairly early. It's a lot of nuances to like oh, yeah. uh, like the, the leverage part, right? So mm-hmm. some of these guys, if you're hopping in later in the fifth, you're limiting your opportunities in the portal because it opens the fifth. So if you're waiting on a bowl mm-hmm. game, that's just going to kill like a lot of the kids that's on the good teams that are productive. They got January 6th bowls, mm-hmm. whatever coming up. Um, do they declare 
or mm-hmm. jump in the pool to rap before a bowl game. Like, I don't see that yeah. happening. You, I, no, you, 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 well, no, you saw it today. Uh, Michigan. Michigan's a playoff team. Unless they stumble. Mm-hmm. Um, it also started in, in, in the portal? Unless they, they're starting quarterback, Cade McNamara, who is a graduate already, entered the transfer portal. So, mm-hmm. because he's he had a, graduate, a hell of a game. Enter the transfer portal. Now, obviously, he's still going to play for Michigan in their games. Um, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you're not going to say, you know what? You're being disloyal. You're not you're out of here. If you're in the portal, you're not playing for us. That's Michigan's mm-hmm. starting quarterback. That's a playoff team starting quarterback in the portal before the playoff. Yeah. And we also, and we also don't know oh, what conversations weird. Nick prognosticated yeah. that sometimes players are talking to schools throughout being in the transfer. Allegedly. Portal. This is all alleged, right? Allegedly. Uh, but I would not be surprised. We're alleged, but we, we, yeah, we know, <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, I'm yeah, kidding. We know players are being recruited. I mean, we're, Every program is doing it. Our program is doing the same exact Very stuff, good. man. Um, that's just common sense. If you're not, then you're just like gullible and naive out yeah. here. But uh, you got to be active and, and know what's on other rosters, what players may be not happy, and what's mm-hmm. have your ear to the streets a little bit. Uh, even if you don't directly talk to them, you just got to have relationships to be able to have a communication with these people without having a communication with them. Yeah. Um, that's interesting with, with McNamara. I don't know what nuances of his relationship with Harbaugh was, but um, I do want to see how, they, how this all plays out. December 5th is like next week. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what's up as far as uh, who enter, enters the portal uh, and how it pertains to early signing day. Like how do these coaches manage the rosters? There's a lot of roster management going on between uh, the portal exits and entries and also early signing day. Yeah, and there's there's only I think 14 days, two weeks between, or or 15 days. I don't I don't remember the exact date between when that transfer portal window opens and when early signing day is. And you know, a lot of these kids that have been committed to schools for a long time, um, you know, may may unfortunately get a a little bit of a dose of reality of uh, of talent acquisition. Um, Nick, I know in an article that you wrote for On Three, it's behind a paywall, but. Um, since we're here, and if you've made it this long into the episode, just go subscribe to On Three. Uh, you mentioned four names: Grant Debose. You mentioned him from Charlotte, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also mentioned that uh, the Gators have been in touch with Kyle Morlock from Shorter University. Um, unless you follow Division Two football, you might not have heard of him. He's a two-time All-American. Florida's been in touch with him. Um, a guy, uh, Elijah Judy, uh, a name that that folks might know uh, from two previous recruiting cycles ago, and then Dominic Lovett who played at Missouri um, are all uh, potential targets for the Gators. I'd be curious to see um, how quickly some of these start to come to fruition, but um, again, some names to look out for. Yeah. Dominic love it. Um, so here's, here's one. So there's a lot of smaller slot guys and let's have this little like think session between us. I, I would love to see, Ricky Pearsall come back next year. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense for Ricky Pearsall to come back next year? He's like 21 years he old. He's 21 years old right now. I think he's a pretty polished product. Um, so someone's gonna see him and go, Yeah, that's our Cooper Cup. We're good to go. Um, I don't know how what he does next year in this offense without an Anthony Richardson with probably a transfer portal quarterback, what he does to move him from if he's a third or fourth rounder this year to elevate him from that. I just don't know what the upside for Ricky is to come back next year. Now, as you know, as someone who likes watching him playing and covering him would love to see him in orange and blue again. Uh, I just don't know if that's it. And then if you have, if you look at Florida's roster, 
The only guy you're really getting that kind of fits that mold is Eugene Wilson, but mm-hmm. he's not going to be on campus until summer. So if you can get a guy um, like Dominic Lovett, who just led as a true freshman, just led Missouri in uh, receptions and yards, you go get him. Quarterback. You, you plug, need a quarterback yeah. to get a guy like that because why would he come here? If the same reason Pearsall would leave. Yeah, uh, that guy would be asking the same question. Mm-hmm. I, you didn't think we we go out to a, a portal quarterback? You think we do that? What? Now? No, he did. No. He did. Yeah, no. oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think you kicked the. I think you kicked the tires on on McNamara, right? To see what see what he's looking for, right? I mean, you're in the playoffs. You know the system. You've been there a while. Obviously, he blew up against Ohio State. Uh, you know, Sam Hartman is a guy. You know, Wake Forest, um, accurate. Did I mean they they run a very different offense that slow mesh offense is, is very different, but you know, saw some accuracy out of him. Um, don't want him. Jeff Sims just entered his name from Georgia Tech. Um, oh, I know that there's some there's some other names. Help me out here. I think I'm, I'm missing here's a one. here's a blast from the past. A just had a great year at Washington, Michael Penich Jr., mm. um, former Indiana guy. quarterback. Going pro, uh, he could go pro, he could, he could, uh. Maybe come home for one more year in college. He's this is uh, my thing with Penix, a, right? If you guy like that Penix, reminds me a lot of of Lewis from UL last year. Mm. If you like Penix, then you might as well like Jeff Sims, right? Only I, thing I'll that be Penix, Penix, yeah. Penix Penix struggled before he got to where he's at. Now he looked mm-hmm. terrible. He had to transfer yeah. to get there. He, it was a lot of raw tools, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much what Jeff Sims is: athleticism, big arm, raw tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. Before this year, Michael Penix was a. It was a lot of questions uh, by him at Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that you're right, and I I didn't watch enough Georgia Tech games to have a, a super strong opinion on Jeff Sims. Don't know what you know, and sometimes it's a change of scenery, a change of coaching, a a, a sure. change of the the folks around you, and and you could you could I don't be want able him, to by the way. be successful. No, I understand. Um, you know, but I do think that Florida's got to get a quarterback next year, right? I do think that Florida's going to be down to. Uh, Jalen Kitna, Jack Miller, and Jane Rashada. I think mean, that's how they enter next year. That's not good. That that's at least one too few. Um, I think that they need to go get. And if they can get somebody that can come in right away, despite Jalen Kitna looking the part, it, you know you've not seen a lot out of him. Um, right. You know, so it, it it would color me concerned to go into next year with not a great right. quarterback transfer coming in. Cause I think they'll get at least one. Right. But if Florida, you had a, like if Jay you Rashad is not ready, like Florida, Florida right. is going to get a go after now. Listen, I can't predict that they're going right. to land one, but Florida well, will land go one. after Florida will 100% um, get a go after. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that they have to, I think that you, you have to swing, you have to swing big um, cause you need somebody. Uh, cause if you don't, then whoo. yeah, we whoo. keep uh, shout out to Fernando. We, uh, I think we kept saying everybody that think this offense is gonna look better without yeah, AR. You guys, <laughs> you guys don't have that same sentiment, huh? <laughs> Who's I mean, Fernando? it could, it depends on who we hit out of the portal, but what we have right now, like y'all are delusional if you think this thing gets better next year without him, man. We do definitely need a uh, a, a portal quarterback. It's a lot of talent gonna enter it, um, but it's a lot of questions too because it's such a down year. Uh, like, cause I like Hartman a lot, but there's been some, I've been, you know, doing my Googles. There's some people that think he should probably go pro in a down year. Uh, so we'll see how it all works out. Ah, Fernando. Fernando is correct. It wasn't McNamara. 
that was playing against Ohio State. It was J.J. McCarthy. McCarthy. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I was like, McCarthy. what the hell is going got on? Our, ranked, got our mix. Got our mix. McNamara started the year as Michigan's quarterback. So, Fernando, we appreciate you. Nick was shouting out Fernando. I didn't know who that was, uh, but we appreciate that. Uh, And also want to give Ben Chase, who's still listening, he let us know that he went to a shorter game. Uh, We asked him how Kyle Morlock uh, did. I don't think he was following because shorter apparently got waxed. Um, I was sitting here like, why would this guy be going into the playoffs and being selfish like that and putting his name in the portal? That's insane work. (laughs) I got my mix mixed up. McCarthy, McNamara, Mick. Just add it, add it to the list of, of egregious errors you've made. It's a long, um, long list. <laughs> uh, the Gators are going to obviously go into next year at running back with uh, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etn. Uh, excited about both of those guys. I would imagine that Naquan Wright and Lorenzo Lingard, if assuming Lorenzo Lingard is um, – Graduated uh, will probably not end up on this roster next year. The Gators are will be adding uh, at least one, if not two, um, running backs. Seen... But do you... What's up? Oh, oh good. What question you had? Um, question. You guys think the Gators go after anybody in the running back position just to to fill the room up, or you think four is strong enough? Uh, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to get a portal quarterback like. Running back you're, or quarterback? Sorry, uh, running back. Mm. Um, you on the road, Nick. <laughs> hey, I am. Uh, yeah. Fever's coming back. Fever is coming back. Um, it's going to be tough to get a portal running back. Like, I want to include Trey Sanders, you know, in that story that I wrote. But, like, uh, maybe we can get would, his brother back. Why, why, why would uh, Trey Sanders come not. to Florida? You've got two established guys. You've got two freshmen coming in. Um, or we'll have two freshmen coming in. Um Quarterback is is much a much easier sell for Florida. You've got a guy in Jack Miller who's played a few more snaps than the three of us in college. Um, a guy in Jalen Kitten who's played a few more snaps than the three of us in college. You can sell uh, commas and playing time, early playing time to a portal quarterback for sure. Running back, like I, it's it's going to be tough for Florida. I don't even think they need to target a running back in the portal. Um, but there will be positions tight end. Like if Keon zipper hits the portal, um, mm. you're going to have Dante Sanders, Jonathan Odom, and then two freshmen. Like I think Nick, need I need some help her. in the room, baby. You, you need a tight end. In the room. I need a tight end. Um, you're, you're probably going to need, Hey, uh, whoa. Whoa. Um, uh, you're going to need a, a portal offensive lineman. Like there's a bunch of positions where you need portal help. And Florida is going to lose a bunch in the portal, um, which will allow them to be very aggressive in the portal as well. Yeah. Um, Ben Chase is giving us an update from the shorter Delta State game that he went to. Delta State won 45 to 10, but Murlock, Morlock had one catch for 11 yards, but it was the sole touchdown. Um, That's about what tight ends are going for at UF in a game anyway. Uh, so he fit right into uh, the game. Are we interested in um, this new, the defensive, I'm sorry, Division two tight end that that's like six seven six eight at everybody. Yeah, that's that's that's, 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 who he's that's the one. About. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Okay, from, I was from shorter sure. university. Got you. Shout out to that boy. Never heard of it. Talk to Ben Chase. Uh, I haven't heard Jamarcus Weston name in a long time. He's probably mm-hmm. a guy that that hops into the portal uh, alongside. I seen Pouncey running around. Man, we was we was to the we was thin as hell this past yeah. week, man. Versus Florida State. Um, yeah, but some uh, of those guys I see probably. Oh, freeing up some space 
Yeah. So we don't have to absolutely go out to like incredible studs. It's not a normal portal year where you're trying mm -hmm. to get guys that you hit on and they could like compete and start right away. Some of these guys, you could probably get some freshmen that are, you know, because you're losing a lot of spots. So I don't think every guy has to be a home run hit. You need some program guys. And it's also important to bring in good culture guys. Like there's a lot of A&M players that are hitting the portal. Uh, that, that everybody's retweeting and excited about because they killed on the trail the last couple of years. But um, they're coming from a very toxic situation. And, uh, and Billy has hit on the, the people he's brought into the locker room so far, but mm -hmm. we've seen the Brenton Coxes and, and other guys as well in the past. So I think it's important from a culture fit. And also, like, I want the fans, if they see a name you never heard of, to lose their mind um, because you got a lot of spots to fill and everybody's not going to be an absolute college star already. Yeah, um, you saw Rashard Torrance. We didn't mention him. He didn't play in the FSU game. He was out. I would imagine that that's potentially a name uh, to look out for as well. Was he, um, was he so hurt? Was yes. Never oh, was it reported that he was hurt? Okay. I just I just saw that he was was not playing. Um, but that could potentially still be a name to to look for sure. out for. Um, you know, there's some names on the defensive line that you know, I've been here a couple years that you may uh, see jump in the portal. Um, I don't know, Nick, and, and maybe you can give some thoughts um, if you've heard. I don't imagine a lot more attrition from the offensive line group uh, from from who who's there now outside of those that have left. You might get a, a surprise name, but. Right. Well, I mentioned um, earlier Richard Garage. I think he will either go to the NFL or the portal. Um, we had like an awkward, uh, it was about two, three weeks ago. We had like an awkward back and forth with him with one of the writers and it was kind of like senior day stuff. And he was basically, it, it sounded like he was basically telling us like, yes, this will be my last game in the swamp. Hmm. Um, even though he has another year of eligibility. Um, but given the year he has, I don't know where, what his grade would be. Um, so it seems like potentially could be a, you know a, a portal um offensive line i don't know how many would leave like maybe some other guys like, like a will harad walked on senior day uh not a senior uh, plenty of it plenty of eligibility left seems has he graduated uh probably will, he has not yeah. graduated yet maybe will graduate after this fall semester um, regardless, December 5th, doesn't matter if you've graduated or not. If you're at a, pub, a top five public university and you're close no, I'm to just not walking, if I ain't got no degree or plan, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just curious from that standpoint. He has not graduated, but did walk on senior day. Shorter university will have an open scholarship opportunity. Mohundo, it's D2. Do they even do scholarship? They do, yeah, D2 does. Yeah, I think they do some, some sort of scholarship. Uh, but I do think that there's going to be some names, certainly, that uh, you may remember from a, a recruiting class or two or three or maybe even four ago. Uh, but I do expect uh, at least 20 names. Uh, I would imagine that Florida would like to, you know, have a recruiting class somewhere in the 25 to 28 range and then fill in the rest with portal guys. Obviously, you're going to see additional attrition after the spring. You're going to see additional. Is there going to be just the one transfer portal? Is there a spring transfer portal too as well? There, yeah, there's a second okay. transfer portal as well. That's what I thought. So you'll see some additional names uh, there as well. Um, but I do expect after the dust settles between the the spring or the the winter transfer portal and then the spring transfer portal that 
I don't know, maybe 30 of the names that are on this roster right now will be changed out. I thought you were uh, I th- for who? A lot of content on the way, man. It's fun yeah, times, man. True. Plenty, plenty, plenty of content, plenty to talk about. You know, like it's just you gotta go searching for shit to talk about, Nate. That's right. No, that's true. Uh, all right, boys. I, I think that that just about wraps up today. Um, any final thoughts? Any additional give me, commentary? Give me, I, want, I want to get you like just you know, um, just from a, the, the entire division. What do you what do you guys think about Napier like so mm. far? You, know, I don't think the bowl game is gonna tell us shit. I think yeah, like the portal, all this nonsense about to happen. We don't know what we about to pull on the field, but uh, post Florida State, what's your overall feel? Um, I would say I understand some of the vision. I think that there's going to be some reflection uh, from this coaching staff uh, this offseason. I, I do think that there's going to be some coaching changes uh, as well this offseason, uh, whether they are encouraged to look or not. I do think that you're going to expect to see some names. Uh, obviously, you'll see a, a bunch of the off-the-field guys move and shake around too. Don't know how much of an impact that does or does not make, uh, but I do think that you're, you're going to see some uh, – of the 10 on-field assistants, at least a change of one, if not two. Um, I think you've got to, if you're a fan, and, and there's a difference between being critical, um, forming your opinion, and then just, you know, being angry and the sky is falling at mm-hmm. all times. Um, but if you're a fan, you have to, trust in the vision and trust in the process. And I think right now um, you have to trust Billy Napier. Um, They stumbled on the field. Um, You have to trust that they will recruit. You have to trust that they're going to hit this transfer portal and get some wins. Like you're going to be competing in the portal with Oklahoma, USC, Notre Dame, Clemson, Bama, Mm -hmm. Georgia. You're competing with everyone. Um, There's going to be a ton of names in the portal. Thousands of Division one and two players, thousands. More people will hit the portal than roster spots available. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a number that we've seen uh, hold true for three years. Um, so you just have to trust the process. And, and the season sucked. Six and six sucks. It doesn't feel well. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't, mm. doesn't feel well. Um, it doesn't feel good, but you just have to trust that you're laying a foundation. Um I think you're seeing that just with the fight. You know, we talked about this Mm -hmm. um, on the podcast, but like we've seen this team quit, like this group of players, we watched them quit. Granted their coach had quit on them before, but once you quit one time, it makes the second time easier. And then you've quit twice that third time. Now quitting's cake. It's easy. Mm -hmm. It's secondhand. Um, We saw at least at the very least saw this year, a, a sense of pride, um, mm-hmm. and, and work ethic and, 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 you know, self-dignity put into this team where it doesn't matter what the score is. They're not rolling over. They're not quitting. And, and that might be, you might get someone that say, Hey, cool. Nick's throwing out, you know, uh, consolation ribbons, but like, that's a part that you have to do and you have to change when you, when you have a new staff, you have to instill that. And I think we saw that start to be instilled. And then when you start to get your players in, that's something that is, now already instilled in the older guys that they're looking up to that wasn't when you first got here. So this might be year zero. This might not even be year one. So like it's going to take some patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my confidence in, in Billy Cone just from the, the young boys I've seen 
uh, whether it's both sevens on both sides of the ball, uh, the guys he brought in from Louisiana, uh, watching how they became pretty much the, the face of the team this year, every, every, the additions that he brought in, um, that, that gives me hope. You know what I'm saying? And right. uh, the, the type of players, or quality guys that, 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 that play with some pride, and you can see it. It's, it's a difference in the guys that he brought in, the freshmen and all that, on the way they approach the game. So that's that's worse. I want to see him get his his full vision in. Uh, I know some people questioning about uh, bringing in the offensive coordinator and all that, and, and we all have the same uh, questions as for us. There's no per- play caller that's perfect, but I think the numbers uh, show that that he don't absolutely need an offensive coordinator right now. Um, and then there's a plan. Like He set up the staff in a very different way. Uh, in, in a way they think is, is innovative. Like they're trying something. This is not your, your typical staff. Um, he's hired people to, to kind of take up, pick up the slack of what a normal staff would be. He has two offensive line coaches. Um, but people that are saying that he's doing it all himself, he's the quarterback coach, he's the OC, he's absolutely not all of those things. He just set up this staff, and the workload is delegated differently than normal staffs are. We'll see mm-hmm. if he's right with, with, with what he's trying to do, but um, he's not. I don't think there's any ego involved with the play calling. I think play calling is by committee. I don't mm-hmm. think it's just Billy. I think it's some uh, analytic involved. It's an approach, but it's not. I don't think it's an ego in a in a Jimbo Fisher situation of I just want to call the plays and I got all these big sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, he don't strike me as an ego guy, you know. So. I think everybody just gotta just relax. You know, it's year one. We knew what we had, the type mm-hmm. of talent that Mullen settled settled for the last couple of years. Uh, let him get in here and get some his guys in. His yeah, evals I mean, it, are good, and I think he recruits well. The evals showed themselves with the guys that came from Louisiana, and we mm-hmm. already seen that he's not a rookie on the, uh, on the, on the recruiting trail here. I mean, just so, imagine where Florida would be at without uh, Etn, a recruit, Montrell right. Johnson, right. Osiris Torrance, Ricky Pearsall. And Montreal Johnson, right? Without those five, that's probably five of your. You add Justin Shorter, you know Anthony Richardson. Those are five of your top seven players on offense, right? And all of them came in, you know, under Billy Napier. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think that there's opportunity for improvement. I do think that there's an elevation that you can have in coaching. I do think that there's some areas of recruiting that they could tighten up on. And I mm-hmm. do think that they're going to build relationships. I don't think that it's perfect. And I'm not going to sit up here and blow smoke up everybody's ass and right. say that it is perfect. But what I will say is I do see that there's a vision. There seems to be consistency with what they're putting out from a branding marketing and message perspective is so vastly improved. It's unbelievable to see, you know, right. two years ago, what it looks like you see the type of player and who they're competing with to get those players, you know, committed and who they're beating out for those guys. That's what you need to do. And you need to do it consistently. And I know that he's under a microscope. I know that Florida went six and seven last year, and there's a very good chance that Florida could go six and seven this year. I do see the vision and I do think that there's going to be a way that Billy Napier is here at Florida for a long time. And I probably have more confidence in that. I had a lot of confidence in Dan Mullen just because of his background, but I probably haven't felt that way since I I, maybe will Muschamp at times, but even his offense was, you know, what the hell is going on here? Right. So. Right. And everything's not black and white, bro. Mm-hmm. Everybody. That's why we 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 have the job of communicating what I feel of the entire team, not just uh this guy stinks or he needs to be fired or he needs to OC. Things aren't just that black and white, it's a lot of nuances. Um, and and you gotta let things play out. Have some coof. 
some cooth. I love it. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's get a final alumni hall ad read. Uh, go visit alumnihall.com. Uh, you can go visit their store on Archer Road. It is uh, double the size that it used to be or about that. A beautiful store. Uh, great stuff, especially for the holidays. Uh, you can visit them at alumnihall.com as well. Um, if you are looking for a lot of blankets, a lot of stuff for the, the colder weather, a lot of new basketball-related items, shirts, shorts, decals, balls, uh, and they restocked some of their Peter Millar collection. Uh, great stuff. Um, you know, it, it's very well done. Uh, Peter Millar, have a couple of polos of them myself, uh, but these ones that they just put out are the uh, classic Peter Millar with the Gators, uh, current Gators logo uh, on them. So go check out Alumni Hall on Archer Road or visit them at alumnihall.com. Uh, before we wrap up here, I do want to give a quick congratulations to Mary Wise for the 32nd straight year. Uh, the Gators are going uh, to the volleyball uh, tournament um, for the national championship run. I believe Florida finished as co-SEC champions uh, this year, so congratulations to her. That is the Gators' 25th uh, SEC title or co-title uh, under Mary Wise. So congratulations to her, friend of the program. Um, congratulations to the Gators volleyball team. Uh, Gators basketball has a tough series against uh, in the uh, the tournament this weekend. They end up going one of two, uh, ending up getting blown out by West Virginia yesterday. Um, rebuilding year uh, for Todd Golden uh, for sure. Um, other than that, gentlemen, any final thoughts? No, prognostications no, all thought out all right i think it's my song of the week so with that let's play hmm have i played the song i love my home i did yep i did a few weeks ago uh let's play the bird hunters by my guys the turnpike troubadours and gentlemen we will see you at the same corner and same time next week all reading Let's get lit. Well, the covey took wing, shotgun singing. A pointing dog down in the old logging road And Danny got three and looked back grinning I fumbled around and I tried to reload The country was cold with the sun westward sinking It's good to be back in this place With my hands around Belgian made brown my mind on the lines of her face Well now Danny's my buddy We grew up like family Hunted this timber before we could drive And the old English pointer He once belonged to me But I gave him up when I moved to no fire Off on a wing and a chain Hell I thought
A dozen Decembers behind him, no worse for the wear. And your time spent in Tulsa did not help your shooting. And look at the gray in your hair. How good does it feel? You belong in these hills. It's best that you let it all in. You married that girl. Shotgun to shoulder 